Praise the Lord. Again, as I said earlier, will be a lot more uh, announcements uh, coming ahead concerning, uh, concerning this. Praise God. And uh, so we're excited about what's ahead. Praise the Lord. God is good. I said God is good. Praise the Lord. Hadn't it been cool just to hear some testimonies and breakthroughs of what's going on? Well, I thought I'd get a little more response out of you. Isn't it good to hear some of the breakthroughs that people are getting? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've learned one thing, you know, uh, when somebody's getting a breakthrough and you might feel inside, I haven't got mine yet, well, you better start rejoicing, amen, with the person that got one because you might be next in line. Amen. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, the enemy tries to play head games with you and, you know, so-and-so got healed, so-and-so got delivered, so-and-so got a breakthrough, that person got this, that person got that, and you're thinking, how come I never get anything? Well, that ain't what we should be thinking. Come on now. We just go, praise ye the Lord. I'm just stepping up the next one. Hallelujah. Get in line for more. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have over the last, uh, uh, actually the last month here, uh, pretty much since the beginning of the year, because the Spirit of God told us this is a year of the overcomer, we began to just minister some things about overcoming and what it means to, to be an overcomer and how to walk in overcoming power. Praise God. And so with that said, let's go to... Uh, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and we'll, we'll read this opening verse or this key verse, at least until the Lord says we're done reading it, praise the Lord, but you are an overcomer. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. Hallelujah. Now, verse 4 of chapter 5 says this, for whatever is born of God. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. No, whatever comes out of God, born of God, out of that realm of God, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So whatever it is that comes from God has overcoming power in it. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Amen. What? Our faith. Amen. Your faith. Amen. Is the means by which we gain our victory. Praise God. Amen. Verse 5, please. Who is, uh, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Any believers in the house today? Yeah. Amen. Put verse 4 back up there, if you will, real quick. Hallelujah. So whatever is born of God. Now, you're born of God. Verse 5 says, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, then you're born of God. So that means you have what it takes to overcome whatever it is the world would throw at you. Amen. Now, you also have, amen, and you're at your disposal, you have the Word of God. That came out of God. Come on, somebody. It has overcoming power. Praise God. You have the armor of God. You have the Spirit of God. Amen. You've got the leadings of God. Anything that comes out of God has overcoming power in it. Amen. Now, according to this, the Word says in chapter 4, verse 4, that within you, the greater one resides. Amen. And because of that, you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Why? Because greater is he who's in me or in you than he who's in the world. Are you with me? Now, you have what it takes to overcome. Now, so what we've been doing over the last several weeks, is trying to stir within you an understanding, first and foremost, you have to believe that you're an overcomer. 
Amen. Uh, back to chapter 5, verse 4, it says that this is the victory that's overcome the world. This is our victory. What? Our faith. In other words, our believing. It's whether or not we're going to believe this or not. Are we going to believe that we're an overcomer? Are we going to believe that we have the potential to overcome anything that comes our way? Are, are we going to believe? Are we going to trust in God concerning that? Are we going to rely on Him? Are we going to depend on Him? Praise God. Amen. I say yes. You know, Jesus said, you know, when, when the Son of Man returns, and how many know He's going to? When the Son of Man returns, will He find faith on the earth? I think He will. Praise God. If anything, He could stop right here in Redmond. Praise the Lord. In Primeville. Sisters, Terrebonne, Bend, Crooked River Ranch. Yeah, I think I got a few from there. Amen. Where else? Powell Butte. That's right. I'm from Powell Butte. Let <laughs> me get that one out. Yeah. Woo. I want them to stop there too. Amen. Hallelujah. The point being is, praise God, you have what it takes. God's just looking for people to believe and rely on Him and trust in Him concerning this. Amen. Now, one of the things that we began to talk about in dealing with faith uh, to, to overcome, we talked about, in fact, let's put, um, uh, put 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, please. This was the verse that we kind of do dove into last week. Uh, fight the good fight of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good fight. Amen. It's a good fight. Amen. Why? Because it's of your faith. You're using your faith. Amen. Now, fight the good fight of faith. And he said to lay hold or seize uh, uh, that eternal life or that everlasting life, it literally means perpetual life. It's talking about a, an abundant life, the God kind of life. Amen. How many know when you got born again, amen, you stepped into a thing called eternal life. Amen. In fact, uh, John 17 tells of this, Jesus defining eternal life. He said, this is eternal life. It is knowing the one true God and receiving and believing in the one in whom he sent. Amen. Praise God. So when you made Jesus Lord of your life, you automatically stepped into a new life. Amen. An abundant life. A life you're called to. So he says, you're going to have to lay hold of it. Grab hold of it. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't let something come along and try to knock you back from it. Amen. Grab hold of what's yours. Praise God. I said, grab hold of what's yours. Amen. Well, anyway, I thought I'd get a little more movement out of you. But anyway... Hallelujah. So you got to lay hold on the eternal life to which you are also called. And it says this, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is part of the good fight. Look at your neighbor say, it is a fight. So part of the fight is this, is keeping your confession, a good confession going. All right. The word confession uh, again, means, uh, it means a covenant acknowledgement. It means to speak of your covenant. It means the same word. In fact, it comes from two different Greek words, homos logia, which means same word. Amen. So he says that part of the fight, part of the good fight, in other words, that fight of faith means you're going to have to be speaking his word, the same word. And this is what we, we dove into last week. And talking about the fact that if you want your victory, you're going to have to jump in the fight. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You can't run from it. Amen. If you want a victory, amen, it's through your faith. And part of that fight of faith is you're going to have to start saying, amen, what you need to say. And according to the book, amen, 
We're saying His word, homos logia, the same word, your covenant acknowledgement. Amen. You're going to acknowledge your covenant. Amen. Now, we dove into that on different areas last week, talking about calling in what's yours and, and you know, calling, uh, you know, removal, uh, speaking to that mountain and calling it to go, praise God, like the Word says, instead of giving everybody a guided mountain tour. That's the challenge because, you know, you're going through something and we feel like everybody's got to know about it. Come on now. All right, all right, all right. But you're going to have to, you have to learn to make a stand of faith, praise God. Amen. Now, this is yours. You're called to this kind of life. You're called to this kind of life. Amen. Everything this book says you can have, you can have. Every place this book says you can go, you can go. Amen. Everything that should be done according to this book, it should be done, praise God. It ought to be manifesting and happening in your life. Are you still with me? Now, but you're going to have to get it in your heart and get it coming out your mouth. Praise God. All right. Now, uh, today, uh, what I'm going to do is, if anything, I'm going to, uh, I don't know if I call it part two or whatever. I don't know how you do it, but we're going to talk some more about this thing, and we're going to talk about words a little bit, because when you start talking about, you know, a good fight of faith, we're talking about a confession of faith, amen, then you're going to have to keep your tongue, your mouth, your words in check. All right? So let's take a look at this. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 18. We can't really talk about uh, the power of your words without hitting this verse. Uh, Proverbs 18. We'll start right there and go with it, praise God. Proverbs 18, please. And verse 20 is where we'll start. Are you with me today? All right, now. Now, remember, we're talking about, you know, you know your victory is in your faith. Amen. That's how you overcome. That's how it happens. Amen. And so if there's a way that your faith works, amen, that gets you your victory, then let's do that. Praise God. Amen. And if there's things that get in the way of your faith, which means then that you, it gets in the way of you receiving your victory, then we need to remove that and be done with that. Are you still with me? Okay. So with that said, verse 20, please. Verse 20, praise the Lord, says this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, and from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now back up to verse 20. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. All right. Now that means uh, a man's a man shall be sustained and live by is what it means. Shall be sustained and live by what comes out his mouth. Uh, uh, put. Uh, we're going to come back to this verse, Micah. Put uh, Matthew fifteen and eleven. Put that on the board. <clears throat> this is what Jesus said. Just another way of saying it. It's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out your mouth. That's what defiles you. Are you hearing me? You know, in context, you know, they're all worried about, you know, germs and keeping everything washed right and all that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, don't walk out or say that, you know, 
we don't worry about that anymore, I guess. But uh, what we're saying is this, okay? Just we're not we're not all caught up, uh, worried about what's going in as the mouth as much as we are about what's coming out the mouth. Are you still with me? You know, we can. You know, sometimes you know. Uh, in society, especially today, everything's about, you know, how many calories, how much this, how much that, uh, you know, is this, is this, uh, what's um, gluten-free, low-carb, and what's uh, uh, no sugars, no what, no fats, yeah, you just took away all the fun, didn't you? Everything's got to be organic. Come on. Now, I'm not, don't walk out and say, woohoo, King's X, we're away, free from all that now. Hallelujah. No, not what we're talking about. But what we are trying to say is we have, as a society as a whole, they, they're more concerned about what's going in the mouth than what's coming out the mouth. And the problem is we have a lot of issues and problems that just, just continually go on and on and on in our lives because we don't give any heed to what's coming out our mouth. Still with me? All right. So back to Proverbs, uh, verse 20 in chapter 18 again. All right. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. A man is sustained, and he lives by what comes from his mouth. The, uh, it goes on to say, from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. And there it means the consequence of his words determines what he'll be filled with, good or bad, all right? So you notice it's what comes out. He's talking about the produce, talking about the fruit, what's coming out, what it's producing, the consequence of what's happening, all right? Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He's talking about your tongue. He's talking about my tongue. Are you with me? All right. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The word power there means in the direction or the means or the hand of. In other words, it's, it's the, the, the death and life are in the means or the direction of the tongue. In fact, I put a, I don't know if I wrote it down in my, I thought I did. The Passion Translation says it this way, that your words are so weighty that they have the power to bring life or release death. All right? Words are like containers, Brother Caps always said. They're like containers. Uh, when you speak, you know, things are, 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 uh, you know, are built from words that come forth. Things are produced from words that come forth. Somebody says, well, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't believe in that. Doesn't matter. You say, I don't like it. Doesn't matter. I don't agree with it. Doesn't matter. It's how it works, you know. And this is, this is what, what, why things continue to, over, uh, continue to happen in our lives and why we don't get free from some things is because we have a tendency to speak words that constantly keep rebuilding the problem instead of the answer. We talk the problem Instead of the promise, we talk the situation, come on, instead of your breakthrough. Are you with me? 
So we have a tendency, uh, you know, one brother said it this way, if, if you want the dog, stop calling the cat. Makes sense, right? I keep, I want the dog to come here, he won't come. I don't know why he won't come. Well, because you keep calling the cat. Now, you know, just for whatever it's worth, you're going to speak what you believe, especially in pressure moments. And so this is why it's, it's necessary to take this principle and look at it and get an understanding of it. Amen. You know, you got to get your, you got to get your saying in line with your praying. Because a lot of times you'll stop and you'll pray something and then you'll turn right around and talk just the opposite when you walk away from your prayer time. Listen, if you want to walk free from lack, stop talking lack. If you want to walk free from sickness and disease, you've got to stop talking sickness and disease. If you want free, uh, you know, from, from torment, you want free from stress, you want free from, uh, you know, whatever, then you've got to stop talking it. Start saying words of life instead of words of death. Are you still with me? The word death here means uh, ruin, uh, destruction. It means pestilence. It also means the state or the place of Hades. So in your own mouth, you can make your life like a living hell. Now, you know, when you stop and you think about words in a sense, I mean, most people won't disagree with the fact that, you know, you could say things that bring strife. I mean, you just say something just a certain way, and we got, we got to fight on, baby. Right? Just words. It was just words. I mean, you know, you just said something, and, and it creates strife. But we also know by words, you can eliminate strife. A soft answer turns away wrath. Come on, right? And all of a sudden, you got peace in the room just because you said something. Amen? Words are powerful. Words can be filled with unbelief, or they can be filled with faith. They can be filled with the blessing, or they can be filled with the curse. If you want free from the curse, you got to stop talking the curse. Are you still with me? Death and life. The word life means, uh, means uh, alive, or uh, you know, it means uh, uh, to bring life. Amen. It also, uh, let's see, it also means uh, uh, to make whole or freshness, okay, in the sense of something being uh, vibrant and alive. Amen. So your words can bring uh, and make life like a living hell, or your words can go forth and bring abundant life on the scene. Still with me? What do you want? You know, uh, uh, Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 11, it talks about, you know, you can have days like heaven on earth. Amen. In fact, he was in context talking about following God and letting the blessing manifest. And as the blessing manifests, it's like having days like heaven on earth. Amen. Jesus even said in the Lord's, you know, concerning the Lord's prayer, pray, you know, our Father with art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in 
heaven. Jesus said the same thing. He said, you, you might as well pull from heaven's resources here and make this thing work. So how does it happen? It happens through words. It happens through your talking and your speaking. Amen. The Word of God is very clear. Hebrews 11 tells us that all that you see on planet earth was everything that you see in the natural. Everything you see came into existence through something unseen. And it says, by His Word. When He spoke, it manifested. Amen. When He spoke, it manifested. You notice when you read Genesis 1, how many times He says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. You know, you kind of wonder, why did He he just say, and God said, and they just list it all? Because he's trying to make a point. Every day he spoke and it manifests. He spoke and it manifests. He spoke and it manifests. He spoke and it manifested. Amen. And then, lo and behold, he turns around and he creates you and me in his likeness after his image. Come on, somebody. Amen. To walk with dominion and authority. Well, how do you think that all happens? Through words. God has designed in you the same kind of a power, the same kind of ability, amen, amen, to to create. Are you still with me? What do you want, the dog or the cat, the blessing or the curse, life or death? What do you want? Amen. Amen then it should determine what you say. Are you still with me? All right. All right. So, praise God. The Word says that, you know, those that, you know, in other words, those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, whatever it is that you like to talk is what you're going to eat. What you want to talk is what you're going to eat. If all you like to talk is doom and gloom, depression, sadness, misery, issues, problems, then that's what you continually eat. Or you could talk life. Well, pastor, wait a minute. I got things going on in my life, and you just tell me just, just you know, maybe to act like it's not there. No, we all know it's there. But what we're trying to do is change it. And the way you change it is through words. Amen. Remember, it's a fight. And the fight of faith, part of the fight of faith is what's coming out your mouth. It's hard to win a fight when you keep punching yourself. Have you ever done that? You know, you're grabbing something and it's hand slipped and boom! Got a lot of Christians doing that. Come on now. I remember one time we were doing a remodel and, and uh, went and bought me a nice flat bar. I thought, oh, this is a beautiful, nice, sharp, flat bar. Praise the Lord. And I'm, you know, pulling, you know, ripping stuff out and bang, bang, pulling. And one got one just as stupid as it gets, right? You know, nice flat bar. It has that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> boom. Two flats 
Just, just pouring blood. You're thinking, that was stupid. That was so stupid. That was really stupid. Right? We got to get the same way. You know, you got to get just, you got to get, you know, it's like this, you know. We look at words, the words coming out of our mouth like they're, they're, there's, you know, nothing important about it. It's like, it's like, it's like getting in the car and, 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 and looking at that steering wheel and say, ah, that's not important. <laughs> Your words declare where you're going. Declares what begins to happen and manifest in your lives. Now, when I get in the car, I, I'm glad the steering wheel's right there. And I'm glad when you turn it one way, it goes one way. You turn it the other, right? I mean, it's just kind of simple, you know, but it's the same thing. Where do where you want to go? What do you want to have happen? What do you want to manifest? We're not denying that you're dealing with things, but it is a fight. And if you want to get in the fight, you're going to have to start talking what you should be talking. If you're going to throw a punch, throw it at the enemy, not at yourself. Still with me? All right. Probably long enough on that verse. Amen. Let's, let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Matthew 12 this time. Go to Matthew 12. Hallelujah. Let's look at what Jesus had to say about some of this. Matthew 12. You still with me? Matthew 12, verse 37, please. He says, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. In other words, amen, makes things right or pronounces a guilty sentence. So we have good or bad based on your own words. He said, by your words. Remember, he said, uh, you know, it's not what goes in the mouth. It's what comes out your mouth that defiles you. Okay? By your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. Words are like, um, oh, I think years ago, uh, brother, use it as an analogy, are like buttons on an elevator. They take you up or they'll take you down. And you have to decide, are you going up or are you going down? Huh? You're going to live in victory or you're going to live in defeat? You're going to overcome or not? It's going to be based, at least part of it is based on the words that come out our mouth. Still with me? All right. Back up a verse. Let's do verse 36. Okay. Um, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. You think there's a price on words? You think our word, we just say whatever we want to say? I just heard this in, uh, in January. Somebody uh, defined idle words as unaimed ordinance. In other words, you're just shooting wherever you want to shoot. You ain't aiming, you're just spraying things out there, and that's what idle words are like. They're non-productive, lazy, uh, unemployed words. If you look up the word, that's what it refers to. Words that don't even need to be said. Uh, yeah, they're just unspecific. You're just shooting out words for the sake of just shooting out words. And he says the problem is you're going to give account of that. Because those words are producing something, whether you agree with it or whether you believe in it or not. They're producing something. 
That's why it's dangerous. Uh, let's back up another verse. Well, we're going backwards here, but that's all right. Verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil. He's just talking about, he's talking about the whole thing in context. He's dealing with the fact that, you know, if you're going to feed yourself junk, you're going to talk junk. In fact, the verse prior is, he said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And a good treasure, the word treasure, means deposit. In other words, what you continually deposit will determine what you're going to talk. Pretty soon, that's what comes out. You fill your heart up with it. If all you want to think about is how, it's, how life is so miserable, and that's all you want to meditate on, and that's all you want to talk, guess what? Life just stays miserable. And we're talking about overcoming. It's hard to overcome. You want to overcome. You're wishing to overcome. Your, your, your desire is that you overcome. You don't like being the one that's being mowed over or drug under the bus all the time. You want to overcome. But if you're not going to get in the fight and do what's right, you're going to constantly be drug under the bus. Well, I'm dealing with depression. Ah, all right, a lot of folks do. You can get free from depression. But stop talking depression. Stop talking about, you know, things that keep you depressed. And in this text, stop meditating on the things or bringing in or constantly, amen, depositing within things that will depress you. You know, the cool thing about this text you know, a lot of times when you start thinking about words and, you know, pretty soon you start saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guard my words. And, uh, well, you know, remember that the easiest way to guard your words is just guard what you feed yourself. Because automatically, if you feed on the right thing, automatically the words begin to change and, and adjust. Are you still with me? So it's worthy of, of mentioning that. Amen. All right. Let's look at another text here. Are you still with me? Put, uh, put James 3 on the board, James 3 and verse 5. It says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Okay, now in context, he just got done saying that just like a, a bit in a horse's mouth will turn that horse, a rudder on a ship, even if it's a great big ship, that little thing called a rudder can literally steer that ship wherever it needs to go. He says, even so the tongue, the tongue in your mouth, even though it be a little member, a little thing, but it boasts great things. It has a big purpose. See how great a force a little fire kindles. Now, in context, he's talking about a tongue that's out of control or a tongue that's unrenewed, all right? Verse 6, put that on the board. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. Literally, it means everything around you can change just based on your mouth. Now, of course, again, in context, talking about an unrenewed tongue, talking about somebody that's just unaimed or just spraying stuff out there, and you're creating this, literally, it says, a course of nature. Well, I don't agree with that. Tough. 
Well, I don't, I don't believe that way. Tough. That's how it works. You are made in His image and after His likeness. Now, even if you don't want that to happen, I don't, I don't want all that to happen in my life. Well, then stop talking it. Stop getting, you know, the Word says this. This, just, this won't cost you anything. Okay. The Word says that we're too agree as touching anything. We're too agree as touching anything. It shall be given. That doesn't just work when you get together and agree with somebody in prayer. That means all the time, 24-7, we're too agree as touching anything, it shall be given. So if you want to get in agreement with the enemy and talk what he, what he believes, and then you just, it just starts manifesting. What do you want to happen in your life? I said, what do you want to happen in your life? Would you rather have life? Would you rather have the blessing? Would you rather have overcoming power? Would you rather get free? Would you rather see that thing go down? Would you rather see, praise God, yourself uh, living in abundance? Would you rather see yourself, praise God, living healthy and whole? Would you like to see yourself well and whole in marriage and family? If that's what you want, that's what you got to talk. Scripture says that you are snared by the words of your mouth and taken captive by the words of your mouth. Go with me to Psalms 141. And for sake of time, we're going to dive into this. Psalms 141. Um, I know we got kind of a late start today, so I'm, I'll cut a few corners here just to, amen, get you out of here before 3 o'clock. Anyway, no. I'm saying, I was like, oh, that's right. <gasps> I could stay here till three and preach. <laughs> but I won't. Psalms 141 and 3. This is what this is Psalm of David. Here's what David said. Lord, yeah, set a guard over my uh, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, and keep watch over the door of my lips. Why do you think he said that? <laughs> Because it's real easy to get caught up in everything that's going on. And before you know it, you're talking the problem instead of the solution. You're talking the prom problem instead of the promise. You know, somewhere along the line, we gotta, let's, start, let's start speaking to the problem and telling our problem how big our God is. Amen. Instead of going to God telling Him how big your problem is. Right? I mean, if you're going to go to God, just start standing on the promise. Don't go just whining about how bad everything is. All right. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. You think there's a price on words? You think there's a price on words? Now, what I like about this verse, uh, what the psalmist brings out here is the fact that God will help you with it. Isn't that good? Now, I'm just going to warn you. All right, just a warning. This is one of these, this is one of these uh, dangerous prayers. Okay, when you start praying to the Lord, Lord, help me with my mouth. It's a dangerous prayer. Because He will help you with your mouth. Are you hearing me? And you might be amazed at what He begins to adjust and change in your mouth. I am serious. Because at first you'll find yourself, I can't even say anything. 
And that might be the case. You might find how much death, doom, gloom, destruction, misery, problems, issues that you actually talk about. And so, you know, like one brother says, sometimes we just got to practice the ministry of silence. You can't say something with life, don't talk. Because it's just better to not say anything. Why? Because there's power in your words. I said there's power in your words. Uh, I had another one in the Psalms. Is it Psalms 19? Is that what I had? Psalms 19 and 14. Is, it, is that what it is? Psalms 119. Is that, or no, no. Psalms 19, right? Psalms 19, verse 14. There it is. Let, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Are you there? Yes. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, is he your strength or not? Is he your redeemer? Is he your healer? Is he your provider? Is he your all in all? Is he your breakthrough? Is he your peace? Is he your joy? Is he your strength? Is he your righteousness? Is he your sanctification? Is he your redemption? See, that's who he is. So when I'm going to talk and speak, I'm going to get in agreement with that. See, it's hard to, you know, to, to pray that, you know, Lord, you know, you're my strength, you're my redeemer, and then turn around and talk about how you're not redeemed. Is anybody hearing me? So we're, we're getting agreement with the fact that he's our redeemer. There's a price paid. Remember last week we actually took, uh, looked in uh, Romans, uh, um, Romans 10 and talked about, you know, the, the righteousness of faith. It, it, there are certain things it says and there are certain things it doesn't say. And to say, you know, Lord, uh, bring you down from heaven or somehow, again, pull you up from the grave, amen, when all along he's already paid the price and he's already sat down. Why? Because he's given you authority. He's given you dominion. Amen. He doesn't need to pay the price anymore. He's already paid the price. All he needs is for you to get in agreement with what he's already done. And once you do that, you see God manifest in those areas. You become the overcomer in that area of your life, whatever it is you're trying to overcome. Praise God. Are you still with me? Give me, uh, let's see, what did I give you next on that one? Uh, Psalms 50. Let's quickly look at that one. Psalms 50. All right. You still with me? All right. Psalms 50. Let's look at this. Verse 23 says, Whoever offers praise, and that just uh, it means a, a, a sacrificial thanksgiving, and there's a reason for it, okay? So it's really referring to a sacrificial thanksgiving that's happening. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. In other words, gives him place. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Now, the old King James uses the word in place of conduct, uses the, play, the word of conversation. Now, what the reason being, uh, derek is the Hebrew word, and it just means a course of life or a mode of, of action because of conversation or by conversation. In other words, your life that you live, how you live, is based on the conversation. So that's why one will say conduct and the other one says conversation. But it means, praise God, that anybody who will take the time to order 
their conversation, to order their words, will then see God at work. All right? The word order uh, means to mark out, to convey, regard, uh, to rehearse, amen, to purpose, to appoint, amen, to charge or to determine. Those are all the synonyms for that word order. In other words, you have to order your words. Is the steering wheel important to you? Because it's what steers your car. Makes sense, right? You don't go down the road and just let go of the wheel and go, woohoo! I did that one time as a kid. Well, you know, it was it was the middle of winter and you know they plowed the, you know, the dirt road. You know, I was out in the country, of course, and they plowed the roads and they just had a wall of snow on both sides. And I just thought, oh, this just looks like fun. Just burn. Of course it was my parents' car. Wouldn't do it with mine, but anyway, <laughs> let go of the wheel just to see what happens. Yeah, that was smart. Yeah, my dad says, how come I got to replace all my, my uh, turn signal lights? What's the deal here? I don't know, Dad. <laughs> now, I had to replace a few things. Amen. The point is, is the steering wheel important? Yes. It's important. Why? Because it steers... It steers that car. Your words are important. It's what steers your life. All right? So you have to determine, amen, how you're going to say things. Amen? Well, Pastor, I, I just, just listen, no, God will help you with it. But you got to let Him help you with it. I said, God will help you with it. But you got to let Him help you with it. Amen? But I guarantee you, if we don't feed on His Word, if we're not feeding on His ways and His principles, Chances are you're going to talk what everybody else talks out there. And CNN's going to say what CNN says. Fox News is going to say what Fox News says. Come on, we can go on and on. ABC's going to say what they want. NBC's going to say what they want. Everybody's going to say what they want. And they are all got their point of view, all have this. And you can sit and feed on it all day long. And I guarantee you if that's what you feed on, that's what you're going to talk. And you just think, well, I'm just, I'm just start sparking up conversation with people. But you, you're, you're spraying words out your mouth that just progress a problem. You know when they started talking about how the economy's failing? It's all it takes. Just put it out there. Economy's falling apart. Everybody goes, and everybody says, the economy's failing. Not one thing changed in your household. But all of a sudden, you jumped on board. The economy's failing. So we got a whole nation talking, economy's failing. What happened? Economy failed. People said, now, wait a minute. That's how this works. The enemy is so good at it. Just manipulates. He just throws a little seed there, and you just jump on board. You begin to talk it, and you just, you know, the enemy, most of the time, the enemy doesn't do one thing. He doesn't even have the power to do anything. Unless you give him the power. Because his power's been stripped. So what he does is he puts a little thought in there and gets you to start talking it. And pretty soon you just you just open the door to something. You have to order your conversation. If you want to see God move, amen, then let's talk, amen, about a God who's on the move. Amen. Are you still with me? All right, we need to get to at least one more here. Let's go to uh, uh, Job. 
Everybody say Job. It's not Job, it's Job, right? Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, is this where you go? Do you want to get a job? You have to read this book? Nope. Okay, Job 6 and 24. Um, in fact, let me get to it in my... And what's going on here in context is some of Job's friends are trying to help. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on. It was really bad. It was a real miserable week for him. And uh, uh, there ain't nothing fun about what he went through. And uh, anyway, uh, his friends are trying to jump on board and trying to help. And they're, so they're, they're bringing up this and bringing up that. And, and really, to be honest, it wasn't like they all had everything they had come up with was bad. But, uh, but they did get rebuked at the end. And uh, uh, Job was told to pray for his friends because of, of something that they had done. And part of what their problem was is that even though they might have had some idea about some things that, was, that Job maybe was doing wrong, uh, they had a, this, this perspective about God that was wrong. God wasn't the one beating on Job. Are you still with me? Okay, so uh, anyway, so uh, this gentleman, uh, the one talking to him at this time uh, is uh, Eliphaz. Okay, it's E-L-I-P-H-A-Z, and I'm sure I mis mispronounced it. Eliphaz, okay. But that's one of his friends, and so he's talking to him, and he's, he starts talking to him about his words. You know, you got to get, you know, get your words right, brother. Well, you know, you know, when you're in the middle of a problem, that's the last thing you want, right? So, I mean, some of you right now in the middle of your problem, and the last thing you want to hear is a preacher man standing in front of you saying, deal with your words. Stop talking. Well, you say, oh, yeah, right, buddy. Right? Some of you are thinking that. I know. Some of you are. And you just think, brother, you don't have a clue what I'm going through. Stop, stop telling me what I should say and shouldn't say. Well, that's, you know, what Job's talking about here. Now, he understood and got it because he, he knew that his words were out of whack here. And so, verse 24, this is Job now addressing uh, this friend of his. And he says, teach me, uh, we're talking really to God, but about something his friend said. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. All right, verse 25. How forceful are right words. But what does your arguing prove? Now, remember, he's talking to this friend. Do you intend to rebuke my words and the speeches of a desperate one, which are as wind? See, back up that. What he's saying is, listen, you don't understand what I'm going through. My words are just like wind. I'm just, I'm just griping and complaining because of everything I'm going through. So stop correcting my words. Verse 27, yes, you overwhelm the fatherless and you uh, undermine your friend. This is, now, again, actually, he's talking to this, his friend. So he's dealing with him. He says, you're, you're, you're sitting here, you know, I, I'm going through all this. And you, should be, you just should be holding me or something. Stop correcting me. Don't you know what I'm going through? Now, listen, he's going through a miserable thing. Ain't nobody wants to go through what Job went through. Nobody. Let's try that one more time. Nobody wants to go through what Job went through. Okay. Now, Job did have to get some things in check. And so he's now, you know, he's a little upset, this guy. Listen, I know my words are out of whack. I know that. Just like some of you might. I might say, uh, really, you want to talk that? Listen, I know my words are all, are all out of whack, but just leave me alone. 
If you knew what I was going through, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be trying to correct me. No, we're just trying to get life moving again. Trying to shut down death, get life moving. Trying to shut down the curse, get the blessing moving. Trying to shut down the mess and trying to get God's goodness moving. Amen. Are you still with me? All right. Verse uh, 28 here. Let's see. I think there's a few more verses. Now, therefore, be pleased to look at me, for I would never lie to your face. Yield now. You know what he's saying there? Here's what he's saying. Listen. I'm not lying. I'm telling you, I know what I'm, I know what I'm going to. I, I'm, you know, it's just a real deal here I'm dealing with. Listen, we're not even telling anybody here that what you're going through isn't real. We're not telling anybody here that what you're going through isn't painful or isn't overwhelming or isn't, you know, some, something that, that, that just nobody should have to go through. We're not at all saying that. All we're saying is, if you want to change it, you punching yourself in the face constantly isn't changing it. And you may feel you have a gripe. You may feel what I'm dealing with is real. Yes, it is. Let's get another one. No, verse 29. Yield now, let there be no injustice. Yes, uh, uh, coin, what's that word? Concede. Amen. Yes, concede. My righteousness still stands. Amen. Verse 30. Is there uh, injustice on my tongue? Cannot my taste discern uh, the unsavory? Okay? He's saying, he's trying to, trying to justify himself. You can try to justify yourself all day long, but it don't change anything except cause the curse to continue. That's what we're trying to bring out here today. Get in the fight. If you want to overcome, get in the fight. If you want to win, get in the fight. Don't join forces with the one that's trying to level you. Jump on board with God. Get this thing turned around. And even if there's things you don't understand, I guarantee you when you move forward in God, He will give you clarity. He will help you through. Are you doing okay? Am I too intense today or something? Job had, Job was, it was horrible what Job went through. No man should have had to experience that. And you may be going through something right now that nobody should have to experience. But you just jumping on board and, and continually talking it isn't helping anything. You speak to the mountain, you tell it to go. That which is not here, you call it in. Whatever it is, praise God, that you need, you jump in and jump on board with God's word, get in the fight and speak the good confession, praise God. Amen. Even if you got to bite your lip. What are you doing? I'm going to say good stuff, okay? You just, you got to do it. And at first it is hard, but pretty soon you, be, you create a, a habit of doing it. And pretty soon you're talking faith, and you're talking your promises. Amen. And you see God begin to move and do things. And to say that God isn't, isn't held by your words, then go back to the book and explain those verses to me. 
You've been given authority and been given dominion on planet Earth. How do you think that happens? By words. Words in prayer, words of confession, making declarations, opposing your enemy, all happens through words. And to say that, that those words only work when I go to prayer is foolish. Did you get something today? I ended on the word foolish. I don't know if that's right, but look at your neighbors. Your list not be foolish. Amen. 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 Let's talk our promises. Let's talk the word of God. Let's talk, praise God, life. Amen. And not death. Amen. Did you get some today? Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We're thankful. For your word, we're thankful for your promises. We're thankful, Lord God, for these principles. Hallelujah. 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 So, Father, now, I don't know if you, if you want to get, jump in here. You can, you can get an agreement. If you don't, then tell God this ain't for you. Uh, but, Lord, put a guard over our mouth. Put a watch over the doors of our lips. Hallelujah. We want our words to be words of life. Help us. We want to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to be a people who walk in wisdom and not foolishness. We give you praise. Help us in Jesus' name. You know, the Word says that, you know, even a fool, <laughs> when, he, when he keeps his mouth shut, has <laughs> appeared to be a person of wisdom. <laughs> so there's sometimes it just better zip the lip. I ain't talking nothing, man. I'm just going to get myself in trouble. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.